Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are back together once again for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Well, I know it sounds like a broken record, but it's what's in the news right now. Rain, rain, and more rain all across Texas. You know, it's great to have abundant rainfall, but it does have a downside to it, especially when you get too much rain. We'll talk more about the effects that that rain is having later in today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Texas High Plains corn farmers' crops have been helped by recent rains, but they do have some concerns to think about in the coming weeks. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The grain sorghum harvest is on hold in the coastal bend due to abundant July rainfall. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. We have a typical, non-typical summer in the central Texas blacklands. This is Dr. Shine McLaughlin, and I'll have more from Waco. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Corn harvest is about to begin in central Texas, but farmers there are dealing with rust. Corn is nearing the finish line in central Texas. Adam Owens, Pioneer Field Agronomist, says due to cooler weather in April and prolonged periods of rain in May and June, some farmers are seeing rust in their field. Just about every cornfield I walk into this time of year, I've been seeing some level of rust. Every field I've been in, though, has not been at a level where I would warrant a fungicide application. Owen says this close to harvest, he doesn't really see a positive net return for a fungicide application. If Rust does flare up really bad from now until black layer. You could have some stalk integrity issues and some harvestability concerns, but I don't expect that to occur, especially with the weather that is forecasted for us here this first part of July now with more rain here coming. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The White House this week announced an upcoming executive order that will include several agriculture provisions, including the right to repair, livestock markets, and more. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Part of the president's forthcoming executive order on competition, stay tuned, uh, the U.S. Department of Agriculture announced it will engage in a series of rulemakings to increase competition in agricultural industries to boost farmers and ranchers' earnings, fight back against abuses of power by giant agribusiness corporations, and give farmers the right to repair their own equipment how they like. The executive order will direct USDA to issue new rules under the Packers and Stockyards Act, new rules regarding product of USA labels, and to develop plans to increase opportunities for farmers to access markets and receive a fair return. The rain just will not stop on the Texas coastal bend. Farmers there have gotten an entire year's worth of rain in the last two months. Tom Nicoletti visits with an AgriLife County agent about the rainfall in that region. We go to Nueces County today, and Jason Ott is my guest. 
He is the Agriculture and Natural Resources Extension Agent for Nueces County with the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service. And Jason, thanks for being with us. My pleasure. How much rain have you folks uh, received there in Nueces County uh, in this first week of July? Well, personally, uh, yesterday evening, I dumped out uh, right at three inches of rain. And uh, this morning, I had uh, about that same amount when I woke up. And uh, we continued to get a few little little showers throughout uh, today. So So how is all uh, of this rain in uh, the uh, early part of July impacting uh, cropland and crops there in your county? It's really put a halt to uh, most of the grain sorghum harvesting at this point. Growers were initially kind of scrambling around trying to find fields that they could get into that that were dry enough to get some of the grain sorghum harvested. But at this point, it's it's pretty much halted all harvesting operations. A lot of uh, producers are uh, kind of uh, converting over uh, some of the tires and things on their harvest equipment so that they can uh, deal with uh, some of the the wet conditions and and get into these fields as as soon as they possibly can. But uh, right now, uh, they've uh, pretty much been sidelined. With the sorghum out there in those wet fields and uh, waiting for a drying out period, how do you believe the moisture is going to impact the crop itself once it is harvested? Well, up until this point, we've been pretty fortunate in that we've had some hot, warm, sunny conditions uh, between some of these rain showers. And so I don't feel like we have had uh, much uh, sprouting in the heads or anything like that to, to be of concern. But as we uh, continue to stay in, in these wet conditions with uh, the dry, mature grain in, in these seed heads, uh, that, that is a concern that, that uh, growers uh, need to, to be concerned with at this point. So quality could be compromised. It's just going to be a matter of uh, wait and see. Yes, sir. What about the region's cotton crop? Cotton is, is still uh, in, in full bloom and probably going to, to benefit to, to some degree from the moisture. However, uh, you know, we do want to want to get some, some dry time on, on it as well. And then your corn crop? The corn crop is, is at a point now where it's it's really not going to be affected or shouldn't be affected by rainfall too much. Uh, it just needs some time to dry down and, and get to a point where producers are, are able to, to get in and, and get it harvested as well. That is Jason Odd. He is with Nueces County, the Agriculture and Natural Resources Extension Agent. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The rain has brought both good and bad situations for the Texas High Plains corn crop. James Hunt tells how from Amarillo. Pest control needs to be on farmers' minds, according to pioneer hybrid agronomist Russell French, who says spider mites have been leaving wheat and winter grasses and moving into cornfields. They've pretty much been kept in check with beneficial insects like the western flower thrip, but that particular insect started to cycle out at this time of year, and so typically there'll be some mites in the corn, and again, we have no effective rescue program against spider mites, so most growers are still contemplating a uh, preventative miticide treatment at at tassel to protect the corn. And French says there's good reason to take that step. There was an 18-year study done in eastern Colorado by uh, Colorado State University, and the lowest observed loss to uh, spider mites was 6%. So, you know, you take 6% of a 200-bushel corn crop at $6 a bushel, versus what it costs to put on a miticide is still a 2-to-1 return. 
French also says the heavy rains that have fallen in much of the Texas High Plains could create issues with nitrogen. Nitrogen is a very key element to good corn production, and nitrogen is in the nitrate stage, which is the stage that the plant has to have it to use, is mobile in the soil. So when you have a lot of rain, you can push the nitrogen out of the current root zone, and especially on lighter soils, your sandier soils. So one thing I've been advising my customers is to be uh, observing for any nitrogen deficiencies that they might be seeing, that's a yellowing down the midrib on the lower leaves. Some people are involved in taking some in-season soil samples right now, tissue samples to try to monitor where they're at on their nitrogen. But in center pivot irrigation, we might need to do a fertigation, you know, put some additional nitrogen through the system in some of these areas where it's received several inches of rain. Once again, that was Russell French with Pioneer Hybrid. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Well, this has been anything but a typical summer so far in Central Texas. Dr. Shane McClellan reports from the Central Texas Blacklands. The only normal pattern we have in the Central Texas Blackland region for our summer weather is heat and humidity with occasional cool days and scattered showers. There are parts of our area that received over an inch of rain in late June, while others haven't received any. Uh, Once the rain stopped in Central Texas, uh, back in May and early June, it really did stop. Uh, it became very hot and, and extremely humid. Our small grain farmers are now going back to those wet spots that they skipped on their first time through the oats and wheat fields. Harvest was really looking promising around mid-May in all of our oats and wheat, and that changed drastically when the crop could not be harvested at the optimum time due to those wet conditions. I am hearing a lot of 50-bushel wheat and 40-bushel oats in our area. There was a lot of talk about sprouting in the head of our wheat early in the harvest, but as the weather conditions turned very hot and dry, sprouts were less of an issue. Cotton really did struggle early, but has somewhat turned the corner, and that is thanks to sunny days and these dry growing conditions that we have here the last couple of weeks. It will need additional rain for our cotton to reach its yield potential during this growing season. Corn is nearing harvest for grain, and the silage harvest has actually began. There are many challenges for corn and grain sorghum this growing season with all the rain, uh, rain during pollination, and then all of a sudden the rain stopped and turned off hot and dry. But the yield should still be favorable on all of our corn and grain sorghum. Unfortunately, there are army worms in Central Texas hayfields. I've heard some isolated occurrences back early as June 14th, uh, but I'm hearing more now, especially in our hayfields, that have been cut. Then there's army worms on that new growth. So be sure to scout early and late in the afternoon when you're looking for army worms. If we turn off cool and wet, this weather pattern kind of we're in right now, it's, it's changing from really hot to maybe just cool and wet. If we are cool and wet, then we could have big explosions in our army worm population. Big rain would help, and then also hot weather helps on keeping the army worms in check. This is Dr. Shay McClellan reporting from Central Texas Blackland Region for Texas Ag Today. Texas landowners could be compensated for allowing the public to hunt and fish on their land. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have details about that federally funded program coming up on Texas Ag Today. And having abundant rainfall is a nice change of pace for Texas cattlemen, but we need to constantly prepare for drier conditions that will surely come. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has some tips coming up next right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. 
Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Well, the pastures are green all across Texas. That is great news for Texas cattlemen. It's nice to have plenty of grass, but we need to always prepare for the fact that drier conditions are on the way. We've been there before, and we know it's going to happen again. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has some tips on preparing for that dry weather that's surely to come. Less rain means less grass and a lower quality of grass. Early weaning is one management decision that can help reduce grazing pressure on native pastures and extend hay supplies for adult cows. Dr. Jenna Block from North Dakota State indicates at Drovers.com that early weaning simply means weaning calves at an earlier age to reduce forage usage while not compromising health and performance of the calf. Dairy calves are weaned as early as eight weeks by using proper nutrition to promote rumen development as it is less expensive to feed calves directly than having to feed the cow and allowing her to feed the calf. It has been shown beef calves can be weaned successfully as early as 60 to 150 days of age. Calves will start eating grass and hay early and will generally do okay. After the calves are weaned, the studies have shown the cows will eat up to 45% less forage since they are not feeding a calf, and this saves a lot of forage. The cows will also increase their body condition after the calves are weaned while requiring less nutrition to do so. Cows need about 25% less nutrition after the calf is weaned and also need 60% less water, which is important when both are of short supply. Early weaning should not compromise calf health and it is best to wean all calves on the same pasture together because it is less stressful. The stress of mixing weaned calves is enough to cause respiratory infections to occur. Also, sorting calves according to size and age is a good idea to prevent competition among calves for feed. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas landowners could be compensated for allowing the public to hunt and fish on their land. Jessica Domel has more on that federally funded program in today's Wildlife Report. A nonprofit conservation organization is working with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department to promote a program that increases public hunting land by leasing private land in Texas. The organization is called Quail Forever, and it's under the umbrella of Pheasants Forever. William Burkhead, coordinating wildlife biologist for Quail Forever in North Central Texas, joins us with more. We focus primarily on upland habitat conservation. We try to focus on advocacy when it comes to legislation, both state and federal. We focus on education, making sure that the public understands good habitat management, quail biology, pheasant biology, stuff like pollinator gardens, anything of the sort. We really want to you know, just spread as much info out as we can that's going to have a positive impact on the landscape. Also, we want to focus, obviously, on the, the conservation, helping landowners and state and federal agencies put some dollars on the ground, put some boots on the ground to actually get some management going. Quail Forever is working with TPWD to promote the Voluntary Public Access and Habitat Incentive Program. It is funded through the Farm Bill. 
it essentially just takes private landowners and it will pay the landowner for the right to allow public access. So that's going to be through any type of hunting, dove, waterfowl, turkey, white-tailed deer hunting. They're just wanting to increase the amount of public land without having to actually purchase land. Interested landowners can email Burkhead at wburkhead at pheasantsforever.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. We wrapped up the week with a mostly higher cattle market, a higher cotton market, and a lower corn market. We'll take a look at all the Friday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Do you know what to do if you're stuck on the railroad crossing? Get out of your vehicle. If a train is not approaching, find the blue and white emergency notification system sign on the traffic signs at the crossing. For help, call the number on the sign and give them the crossing number so they know your location and can alert train traffic. Remember, find the blue and white to save your life. For more information, visit OLI.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We wrapped up the trading week on Friday on a mostly higher note in the cattle complex, higher on all except the nearby August live cattle contract. It was down a nickel, finishing the week at 119.22, the October up 12, 125.57, December live cattle up 62 cents to wrap up the week at 130.90. Feeder cattle strongly higher, August up $1.85, 159.17, September feeders up $1.80, 161.82, the October up $1.57, 163.70. We wrapped up the cash-fed cattle trade with a wide range in prices this week. On the low end, we had some reports of lower grading cattle here in Texas selling as low as 118. Most of our sales here in Texas were at 120. However, when you look up north, Iowa, Nebraska, all seeing higher prices, 125 to 127 on a live basis. Dress sales up north, mostly at 200 to 203. Boxed beef prices lower again. We continue to see a lower trend in boxed beef for the last couple of weeks. Choice down another 241 at 279.56. Select down a dollar 55, 258.51. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. It's time to head back to the Guadalupe Valley, where I used to live, Seguin, Texas. Talk to Cousin Brian Lentzman from Seguin Cattle Company. Cousin Brian, how'd the sale go this week? Receipts were low again today just because of the rain, but the market was fantastic. Lower numbers make people kind of come to the front to right. make sure they got enough to put on a load to get them out of there. Ended up with a little over 400 head of cattle. Those good two, three-weight steers, $1.35 to $1.88. Three to four weights, $1.38 to $1.88. Four to five weights, $1.39 to $1.71. Five to six weights, $1.37 to $1.63. Six to seven weight steers, $1.21 to $1.52. You get into the heifer mates, the two to three weights, $1.29 to $1.56. Three to four weights, $1.19 to $1.56. Four 
four to five weights, dollar twenty-seven to a dollar fifty-three. Five to six weights, dollar thirty-one to a dollar forty-five. And six to seven weight heifers, dollar thirteen to a dollar thirty-one. Those good top end of the cows. I mean, they brought up to eighty-seven bucks today. Ended up with a few young palpated cows. They brought from nine thirty to eleven twenty-five, and had a few pairs. They brought from six twenty-five to twelve twenty-five. And the top end of the bulls brought a dollar four today. What about sheep and goats? Uh, ended up with three hundred head of sheep and goats. Uh, those good nannies brought from two twenty to three hundred, with the kids bringing from three ten to three fifty. And when you get to them dorpers, those good ewes brought from 145 to 175, with those lambs bringing 280 to 310. There ain't much of a spread between the goats and the dorpers now. Things are changing, and we got Ramadan coming on, and there's another holiday that a, the fella stopped by. He was from up towards Austin, and he said, I need some goats next week. And yep. He was explaining the holiday to me. It didn't yep. make a whole lot of sense, but yep. <laughs> he said, I'll be back next week. <laughs> the uh, Feast of Sacrifice. Yes, that's yep. exactly what it is. Yep. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Cousin Brian. Hey, give us a call at 830-379-9955, or you can call me on my cell phone at 830-305-0652. Brian, thank you so much. Texas Farming and Ranching Neighbors, thank you even more for listening to Walking the Pins, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. I've been your host. Good day to you. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs closed higher on Friday. July hogs up 90 cents at 111 even. August hogs up $1.20, Class 3 milk was lower. July down 24 cents, 1685 a hundredweight. August milk down three at 1756. The cotton market putting in a higher close on Friday. We had a good-looking USDA export sales report Friday morning. That helped out. Also, growing concerns that much of the cotton belt is getting just a bit too much rain. And, of course, along with that rain comes cloudy days. So both of those factors are causing crop development issues. So that boosted prices a bit on Friday. October up 66 points, 87.99. December up 83 points closing at 87.71 cents. The corn market lower again Friday. Good rains across the corn belt helping crop development there with July corn down eight and a quarter, 629 and three quarters. September corn down seven and a quarter, 529 and a half. December corn down six and three quarters, 517 a bushel. We had a mixed close in the wheat market, higher on hard wheat, lower on soft wheat. July Kansas City wheat up eight and three quarters, five ninety-nine a bushel. July Chicago wheat down three and three quarters, six oh eight and a half. Rough rice was higher, September up ten cents, twelve eighty-six a hundred weight. The soybean market higher with November beans up nine and three quarters, thirteen twenty-nine and a quarter. July soybean meal down 280 to close at 352.50 a ton. In the energy markets, August natural gas unchanged 368. August crude oil up a dollar 70, 74.64 a barrel. The financial markets higher on Friday. The Dow up 448 points, 34,870. The Nasdaq up 142 at 14,701. The S&P up 48 points at 4,369. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up another edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here next time to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. My name's Kerry Martin. See you next time right here on Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.